Hey, hey, hey! Welcome back to The Clay Project. I'm your host as usual, Ebony Fair, and today I've got here with me one of your faves, Kazaya, and she's going to be sharing her Clay story. Hey, girl, hey. Hi, guys. How you doing? I'm good, girl. How you doing? I'm good. <laughs> Sweet. I'm so excited because I remember when we recorded The Power of Vulnerability, you shared like a snippet of your clay story. And I remember just thinking that one day I'm going to get you back. And today is the day. Honestly, I love it. I love sharing my story and just seeing how God has moved it. So thank you for having me. Girl, thank you for opting for this. I just pray that someone will be blessed by listening to your story as I was when you shared it the first time, to be honest. Amen, amen. Amen, amen. But before we get into your story and all the tea, I'm going to ask you a question. This question is not so random because I actually got it from the We're Not Really Strangers deck. So you may even be familiar with the question. But the best game. <laughs> I love I actually love it. I need to buy like three more expansion packs, but I'm trying to no, pace same. myself because that American shipping cost is not cute. Hey, they need to bring it to the UK ASAP. <laughs> they really do. Okay, so... What is a compliment you wish you received more frequently? Oh, that's a good question. Mm, I like hmm. it. Let me think. I think in general, I would probably like compliments about my personality more than like my outward appearance. Mm-hmm. Just because like um, my biggest goal is to be someone people can feel comfortable around, to be open and honest with. Mm. So I would love to hear that like I'm actually doing that for people. And being that person people can just come to and confide in. So yeah, I would yeah. say that. Oh, lovely. That's so nice and warm. And as you're wishing for that and praying for that, just confide in me right now and tell me about you. Tell me about your journey <laughs> with Christ, the ups and downs and everything in between. I love that segue. I love Girl, that. Girl, okay. I, I was so proud of myself. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, I was raised in a Christian household. I kind of, I went to church. My parents were really involved in the church I went to. But my mum was like super passionate about like kind of injecting Christ into every avenue of our lives. Like mm-hmm. when it came to the shows we watched, the things we listened to, like everything we did was just like, based on Christianity I remember like up until I was about I want to say 10 11 I hadn't heard like any like pop music anything like wow. that like in the car on the way to school it was all like Kirk Franklin Mary Mary Donnie McClurkin like that's all we listened to mm-hmm. and I got my first iPod when I was 11 I remember my first song on there was Chris Brown I Can Transform Ya," and that was like <laughs> my breakthrough into like oh, the music world besides like Christianity and I was like whoa what is this mm-hmm. but yeah I really appreciate the fact that she really like entrenched us in scripture like even we go to bed um and she'd like pray scripture over us mm-hmm. remember there was one verse in Matthew that's like um you're the light of the world the salt of the earth the yeah. sitting on the hill that cannot be hidden she would like I prophesy that over us every single night and just have that kind of ingrained in our DNA from a young age so I really appreciated that um but on the church side of things I remember kind of feeling like um church was an extension of school to me so I saw it as like we'd have bible quizzes and like memory verse challenges and things like that and like if you won you got a prize uh-huh. so in my little brain I thought okay I've got to get better at this to get the prize mm-hmm. so I started to see the bible as a textbook and not as the word of God Ooh. so growing up I referred to God as like how can I get better 
at Christianity 101 kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of saw it as like a challenge. So what, even though speaking to me, you would think, wow, she really knows her Bible. She really knows all this stuff. Like I knew it for knowledge, yeah. but I didn't know it to transform my heart. So I guess kind of having that foundation um, as a young person, like till I was about 13, when I kind of moved schools, I went to school in the UK, I went to boarding school. And there we had like chapel and stuff, but I couldn't really go to church um, by myself because I was too young. So I didn't go to church again until I was like 16, unless I was at home with my parents. Um, But when I went to church when I was 16, I found Hillsong Church, got involved in the youth, I got involved in serving. And like I found that to be like my church. But what I found um, with that experience was that I got more gassed for like the environment and like the music and the lights and like the concept feel and I kind of like wasn't necessarily as gassed for like meeting with God every Sunday which sounds interesting because I'm at church but that's kind of how it was like the culture was very much like young students like being like oh yeah we're Christian but we're cool too kind Mm -hmm. of thing Mm -hmm. so with that whole thing um again I kind of missed out on the whole relational aspect with God and I kind of became a feel good kind of almost TED talk every Sunday to be like, yeah, I'm encouraged. And I'd go out into the world Monday to Saturday and nothing would change in my day-to-day life. I'd go to school and no one would know I was Christian. No one would know anything had changed. Um, Up until there was one Sunday I was at Hillsong and I happened to go to like, I think it was like two services in one day. I don't know why, but I was just there the whole day. And the second service I went to, I didn't have any of my friends with me. I was like in the back with all the like adults and stuff. And we were worshipping and I remember um, this song came on. I remember just like is it in, my, in my spiritual eyes, I saw a dove like flying over the auditorium and like dropping down on people's shoulders and I dropped on my shoulders. I remember just speaking in tongues for the first time by myself. Mm-hmm. And I say by myself because as a young person, like it was a big culture thing to go for like church camps in my church back in Nigeria, told to speak in tongues and stuff like that. But it was very forceful back then. Like it was kind mm-hmm. of like, if you don't speak in tongues now, you don't have the Holy Spirit. You're not leaving this room until you have the Holy Spirit kind of vibe. Oh. And it was, yeah, it was very like, serious and strict. And a lot of us who were like under the age of 10, we didn't know what was going on. We would just fake it and we would <laughs> just fake speaking in tongues and then leave the room and go get food. So that's why I say when I was 16, I knew the difference because it wasn't me just saying random words. It was, I couldn't, I can't really explain what it was, but it was kind of like the Holy Spirit took over my mouth and spoke through me. So um, that was really powerful and just feeling that peace and that assurance that God was with me. But then I guess moving on to the rest of my high school experience, I didn't really have a firm foundation with God. And I kind of um, struggled a lot with um, validation from other things, from my academics and especially from men which sounds interesting because I went to an all-girls boarding school, so there were literally <laughs> no men there to be validating me. But when there's a will, there's a way. Aww. I literally, like, <laughs> I found dating apps from a really young age, from, like, 15, 14. I was on Tinder, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just wanted to get guys to tell me that I was pretty and, like, I was worthy and stuff like that. I didn't really realise that it's God who made me that validates me. Yeah. But for some reason guys telling me these things I believed them more than I believed God or I believed my family so I used that for a long time to validate me um and that was my journey through boarding school of just kind of guy after guy kind of like a carousel of men just like consistently telling me that I'm worthy and kind of being fed by that and because of that 
I think I kind of kept the Holy Spirit at, at a distance because I knew what I was doing was going against what he said. He said over my life and he said that I was important. Mm-hmm. And I knew that if I kind of put God and men in the same bracket, one would have to leave. Yeah. And I didn't want that at the time. Um, so I kind of kept that mentality going into university. Now moving, um, I went to university in Birmingham, moving to Birmingham. Um, I knew nobody, obviously. And my first thing was, let me just find friends. And I tried to go to like churches and things, but it was this whole dynamic of, do I find friends, quote unquote, cool, or do I go to church? And I think in my head, I saw people who went to church as like, lame back then ouch <laughs> but yeah I'm sorry I mean ouch to myself too Shame. but like it's funny because like yeah I did and I kind of thought of it as like not cool so I didn't want to have that reputation for some reason yeah. but it's funny because like I had friends who back then would literally like relentlessly drag me to church like no matter what I did like I would literally be clubbing till like 4am on a Saturday and my friends would call me on Sunday at like 9am be like, are you ready? Are we going? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, guys, I'm tired. And they're like, no, you're coming. And like to the point where like when my first experience at church was very much me being hungover in the back of the church. I remember I went to this one church in Birmingham and I had this experience there of me literally being hungover listening to the sermon. And it's interesting to see how that one experience kind of came full circle in my third year. I'll get over that in a second. I kind of got more and more confused about which direction to go in, whether to follow God or to follow the world. And it kind of became more and more obvious the less effort I put into going to church that I picked the world. Mm-hmm. And when it came to my second and third year of uni, I started partying like a lot. I started meeting guys again. I had my first relationship and um, this guy was an atheist. He smoked a lot of weed, did a lot of drugs, things like that. And because obviously I wanted to be with him, I wanted to experience life with him. I thought, you know, what's the harm? I want to try them once, see what happens. It Mm -hmm. wasn't once, it was like for the next year of my life. Um, (laughs) So we started partying together all the time and things like that. And it came to a point in my second year where I had gotten to a point mentally where I was just so like depressed and down and like done because we'd be partying like every weekend. And the drugs we were doing, like, it would literally cause us to have less serotonin. So we literally were all just really sad and depressed all the time. Mm-hmm. I remember being in my bed in my second year room and, like, praying to God, even though at this point I felt like I didn't really believe in God anymore because I kind of had left him aside for so long that in my head I was like, how can you love me and want to be with me still after I just kind of cast you to the side for so long? and I was in my bed and I prayed and I was like God you know what please save me like I'm so done doing this it's either you or I'm taking myself out of this equation like I was that at that level of I'm finished with life like there's nothing else for me Mm -hmm. and then after I prayed that I think it was like a week later the lockdown was announced and my uni was like you have to all go home we're done with second year and like so quickly I had to go home and I was like wait I, I, I know I wanted you know some kind of <laughs> salvation but I didn't mean it in this way like what do you mean I'm going home and I was so scared because at this point you could physically tell I wasn't okay and my mother like my mom is someone you know my mom she's yeah. not someone to miss anything like she would know that her daughter wasn't okay and I didn't want to tell her. I told no one in my family what was going on this whole time nobody knew and I went home and for the first few weeks like I could kind of hide it it was okay well, I thought I was hiding it mm-hmm. but the Holy Spirit knew better mm-hmm. because 
my family and I prayed together every single night. And there was one night we were praying. My mom was like, I had a dream. And I was like, "Hmm, interesting. What was this dream? (laughs) (laughs) And she was like, I had a dream about um, a verse in 1 Samuel where Hannah is praying for a son. And God tells her, the child you've been praying for, I've given them to you. And it was like a lightning bolt struck through my body. And like, I literally, because before I wasn't really listening to her, I was kind of just like drowning her out. Sorry, mom. But <laughs> when I heard that one bit, I was like, wait, what did you just say? And then she was like, the child you've been praying for, I've given them to you. And in that moment, I knew that was God telling my mom about me without her knowing. And I just broke into tears. And she was like, are you okay? What's wrong? And I was like, I've got to tell you something. And I ended up writing down my whole test, like my whole story, like what I've been doing in uni and everything. Because I was too scared to like tell her on, like face to face. So I had like a little book and I read out my whole story to her. And I was crying. She was crying. And she was just like, I know, like, it's okay. Like, God has been telling me about you kind of thing. Wow. Like, we've got this together. I'll help you through this. Like, God has not left you or abandoned you. And together, we just kind of started building a relationship with God from scratch. Like, I remember I'd go out into the garden every day and just like read my Bible, get to know God again. Um, and there was one moment where um, my family picked out like memory verses um, every single year to like be our anchor scripture for the year. And mine for that year had been, you who have brought back from the earth's extremities, I've not abandoned you, you're my servant, you are mine. And it kind of just like rang true to my experience that year of like being brought back from the ends of the earth and God being like, you're still my child. And like that just hit me in a different way when I'd read it again after all I'd been through. I feel like the lockdown was the biggest blessing in terms of the time I had to just soak in scripture and get to know God for myself. Yeah. Finally, as a relational father and not as a textbook, not as someone who's scared of me or whatever, but someone who loves me unconditionally, my friend, my teacher. And I just got to know all these different sides to God. And like, I remember just being so excited about what I was learning and like wanting to share it. So I made like a page where I'd share like calligraphy, but I'd share like scriptural calligraphy. I remember this. Where, <laughs> where is the content? The content is still on my page, but I'm just not posting on there anymore. Mm. Um, yeah, mainly just because I feel like I now do spoken word and things yeah. like that. And I feel like that's the avenue through which God is using me now in this season. Yeah. But I could come back soon. You never know. You never know. But yeah, um, that was my lockdown experience. Like coming back to uni as now someone who was firmly a Christian, firmly a believer of God and follower of Christ was interesting Mm -hmm. because obviously I changed. I'd done this massive dramatic change in the lockdown, but nobody was aware of it. Nobody I lived with, nobody I was friends with. They were just like, what is going on with Kaziah? Like, is she okay? Like, is this a psychotic break? Like, what's going on? And I came back and I just remember I couldn't like, I really struggled with holding in what I was feeling and feeling like I was the only one who felt that way. And I think that's when community became so important to me. I literally would reach out to any and everyone just being like, you know, Jesus, can you teach me about this? And I used to find like a bunch of online communities and just be on there, just be around other Christians who thought like me because I felt like it was important to keep that fire alive by Mm -hmm. like having people who are like-minded around you. Obviously, because of the lockdown, I couldn't go out to churches and do that. I remember the first time I went to church again after the lockdown was the church I went to in my first year of uni that I was hungry over in the wow. back of the pew. 
And I went back to that church and I was in the front row, literally like clinging onto my Bible, listening to everything they were saying. And I remember just crying and being like, wow, what a journey. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I remember that was the time we were in worship. And I remember God said to me, like, you're not done here. We're not done here. Mm-hmm. And like, I think that was when I was at the end of my third year trying to figure out where I'm going to be next year. I was doing a master's. Am I working? Like, what's going on? And God was like, you're staying here in Birmingham. And that's why I ended up here for my master's now. So just seeing how God had kind of kept my story and seeing that it's all for his glory and things that has happened in my master's year have been incredible. Like I'm now planted firmly in a church. I've led small groups. I do spoken word at that church. Um, I was actually interviewed by the BBC about the church, which was so interesting. It's a cool experience to be in. Like, just seeing how God is using me and my story, mm-hmm. um, I see why I had to go through what I went through. And, like, my biggest, like, blessing and my biggest want and desire for my life is to use my story for his glory and just share it with people to know that, like, whatever you do, like, God is still going to find you somehow. Like, yes. you're not, you're not died, you're not lost, you're not too far from God's great fame to find you he will find you regardless and now obviously no one's perfect no one's made it in the Christian journey but I think what they can say is that I'm just in love with Jesus like genuinely like he's my best friend he is someone I want to talk to all the time about everything like literally even like when I hear like a drama whatever happened I'm like God get what happened to the and like he's like the person that I just can't imagine my life without mm-hmm. um but yeah that's my story I guess that's it girl that made me so happy and just so (laughs) you know when your heart is happy anyway my heart is so happy and just so glad and joyous and all the great words (laughs) and I think one of the things that you said earlier just before you wrapped up you're not too far away I mean story of my life sounds like story of your life as well so if there's anyone listening that you listen to Kazai's story and you're like, oh, I don't know, will God really accept me after what I've done? Yes, yes, he will. Like 100%. all he needs is a willing heart and like just surrender. And he's got it from there, genuinely. There's nothing you can possibly do that God is going to be so shocked and be like, oh, my days. I mean, I can't, I can't forgive that. No, there's not in his book. So genuinely, don't let the devil lie to you that you should stay away or isolate yourself or run away from God because he can see you. So you're not really running. You're only deceiving yourself, low-key, high-key. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much, babe girl, for sharing your story honestly it's blessed me I'm very I'm feeling very warm and fuzzy and I just need like ice cream and just I don't know I just feel so happy and just to see you grow as well has been so beautiful and I just pray that God continues to stretch you you know in all the ways that he needs you to be stretched but also that he would use your life um your story and everything that comes after it to you know just glorify him really and I can't wait to see what you know all the spoken word stuff that you're gonna do girl you know i'll be there <laughs> but yeah thank you thank you so much for being on this thank episode you for having me. wonderful don't worry i'll get you back again because the people do love you, so <laughs> don't run away um <laughs> to everyone that's listened to this story if you've got questions for kez or you want to speak to me about something feel free to send a dm to the clay dot project on instagram or an email to the clay project dot pod at gmail.com. Until next time, see ya. Bye.